Hey there, welcome to episode number three of the Epreneur Show, the podcast where we discuss the important aspects of being an online entrepreneur. As always, I am your host, Svenball from Sweden, and in today's episode, we will talk about speaking and listening. We all want to be better communicators. If you think you don't want this, think again. Being a master communicator is one of the most important things in business. It drives sales, it fuels your marketing message, and it nurtures your customer relationships. Now, many believe that communicating is all about speaking to an audience. But as you will hear in the interview, there is a whole other story. Now, with no further ado... Let's sneak in and eavesdrop on the conversation. This is a man that has 20 to 25 plus years of experience on network marketing. He's an author, he's the author of the million selling network marketing fable, the greatest networker in the world. He has spoken at events in a lot of countries, Russia and Japan, and... This is a guy that has showed me a great approach towards getting positive energy with his what's right questions. My listening went from, what's that? Excuse me, could you repeat? To be a master listener with his guidance. I admire and love this man and his definition of being masterful. Not so much being perfect, rather acknowledging that you're straying off and getting back on track. So it's with a great excitement and a boatload of appreciation I present to you John Milton Fogg. Uh, welcome, John. How are you to this evening? I am wonderful. Thank you. That uh, I wish my mother could hear that introduction. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure she would have been proud. So speaking and listening that is um that that seems to be uh something that people lacks today. So what is it with your approach to listening and communication that uh, that makes it so successful? Well, <laughs> that I that I do it. Number 1, I started offering speaking and listening years ago. And I still don't get much response to that. That just doesn't do it for most people. They don't, they're not excited by that. They don't care about that, even though that's more what they need than anything else. Anybody who is any, in any profession that has to do with relationships, uh, partnership, communication in any way, the two most important skills they've got are speaking and listening. It's, uh, I've said before, it's like in any marketing business, you're mining for gold, you're digging for gold, that's what you want. You want a sale, you want a partnership, you want somebody to join your business, you want somebody to purchase from you, and speaking and listening are your pick and shovel. And people don't know how 
because we've not been trained. I, I don't know. I can tell you in the United States and you can tell me about Europe. You know, do you in school, whether it be the normal schooling up until college or university and then after that for university, how many courses did you have on listening? Not too many. <laughs> it sounds close to zero to me. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the same thing here. And in speaking, we have public speaking, but we don't have personal speaking. We don't have how do you speak to another human being. The key to speaking is asking questions. And the key to listening is setting aside the thoughts that you have to focus on the words and the music the other person's saying. Words are the words. People choose their words, Sven. Even the most careless of us chooses our words. That's automatic. The left brain which is the seat of logic, one of its jobs, and it doesn't have very many, tries to do very many, but it only has a few. One is translating urges, patterns, sensations, vibrations into language. And that's language exists in the left brain. And so we choose our words. Now, we may use the wrong ones, we may choose them carelessly, but we choose, we say them on purpose. Um, and the music is very simply, uh, what's the energy there? And it may be emotional content. Think of this sentence. I didn't say she stole the money. I didn't say she stole the money. Now, I just spoke it very flat. But now I'm going to give you an example of the music, what you hear that is different than the words. And the emphasis here, Sven, is going to change every single time I say this sentence. Listen for the changes. I didn't say she stole the money. 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 Each time, the emphasis, that small shift in which word I stressed changed the entire meaning of the sentence. So that's, the, that's like the music. The, uh, another side of music is, um, I want you to ask me a question. I'm going to tell you what the question is, okay? Yes. I want you to ask me twice and listen for the difference, okay? Okay. Here's a question I want you, ask, I want you to ask me. John, are you committed to doing that? So ask me that question, and I will answer you two different ways. John, are you committed to doing that? Yeah, I am. Okay, see, now, I, we don't have to go any further, do we? What was the music there? You think I'm committed? No. No. Ask me again. Okay, John, 
Are you committed to doing that? Absolutely. Which one of those two can you take to the bank? I could take the absolutely to the bank. Exactly. And even though the words were different, you know, I could have said, you know, the first time I said, yeah, I am, if I could answer that, yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. That's a whole different deal. So that's the difference between words and music. And it's, it's hard to do it, Sven, in text whether that's a chat or a message or email or, honest to goodness, texting on a mobile phone. Uh, and so one of the things you learn to do, when, especially when you're marketing online, when you're using these digital media and communications in text, you, you do things like you'll capitalize in a, a word. You will use the... Um, uh, the dot, dot, dot. Uh, what is that called? An oblique? I can't even remember. And I'm, I'm a writer. I'm supposed to know this stuff. Um, you know, you use different devices, a sentence dash, uh, add a paragraph, um, put an asterisk on either side, quote marks on either side. You do that to add a little music, a little choreography to your communication, whether that's a pitch that you're doing in email or whether you're doing, one of the things that I'm teaching a lot is the conversation to get into relationship on Facebook. And, and that whole business is, the formula is real simple. Connect, engage, enroll. Connect, engage, enroll. That's what you're doing. You connect with people, you engage with them, and then you enroll them in your proposition. Partnership. Friendship, uh, looking at your products, looking at your business opportunity, taking a whatever you've got going on. The, the formula is connect, engage, enroll. First thing you do, you connect with people. And connecting is very simple. You know, hi, my name's John. You know, what's yours? Hi, Sven, my name's John. We've connected. Now, it ain't very deep. You know, it's but not, it's a connection. Yeah. So the next part, what I want to do is I want to take that deeper. And one of the goals I've got for my communications, personally and professionally, is um, I want us to fall in like with each other. Maybe even in love with each other, but certainly to fall in like with each other, because what I want is no like trust. I want to know you and you know me. I want us to like each other, and I want us to trust each other. That's a basis for doing business. I like that expression, fall in like. Well, most people know what fall in love is, and in like, yeah. I use it because, um, I started using it because, Falling in like with somebody is so much less dangerous, so much easier, so much less commitment, uh, and people get it. You know, they know what it is to be in love. Well, what's it? What is it like to be in like? All right, you you covered a little bit about the differences and similarities on the online and offline world, but is there is there any other major differences or? Yeah when it comes to the connection and engaging in an 
I, when I it comes to online and offline. I don't think so. I think it's all the same. I think the rules, the techniques, the skills, I don't see what's different. And I, I have a way I want to be, which may not be the same and doesn't have to be for everybody, but it's a choice I've made. I want to be completely congruent when it's personal or professional. I don't want any distinction. I don't want any difference. I, you know, I want a professional conversation to, and a professional relationship to be just, uh, just like a personal one. Same rules I want to apply. I want them both to, to be honest. I want them both to be pure. I want them both to be unselfish. Uh, and, and I aspire to do that with everybody on the planet. And I don't. I'm not uh, masterful at that. But I'm in the game. And it's a goal, you could say. You said in the beginning of the call that well, when it comes to listening, people should should do it. What, what would you say is the main reason that people don't listen? They're more concerned uh, with what they're going to say next. They're plotting and planning their next remark. They're distracted. They're uh, reading their email, daydreaming. They're defending themselves. They have an agenda that they're interested in getting across. This is a big one for marketers. You know, we all, as, a, as marketers, we've all got an agenda. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you can't hide it. I mean, uh, I don't know how many of your listeners are network marketers, but if they are, you own your network marketing business 24-7. You're a network marketer 24-7. You're a network marketer at the supermarket, in the library, when you're sound asleep, online, in line, you're a network marketer. And you always want to build your business. You always have your eyes and ears open for who would be a great business partner for you. And, you know, who would be a terrific fit for your products or, or to join you in your opportunity. And it's hard to set that aside to do what I think is the single most successful thing you can do to build your business, whether that's customers or partners. I, I call it shipping and receiving, relationshiping to friendshiping to partnershiping to leadershiping. Relationshiping is you simply get into relationship. That's, and you do that by connecting and engaging people. You ask questions, and you ask questions about them. You want to learn about them. And one of the mistakes, Sven, that most people make is they're very, I don't know if you have this expression in Europe, trigger happy. Trigger happy is you want to pull the trigger right away. You don't do ready, aim, you do fire. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that many people who've got a marketing agenda will do is the minute they hear something that's even remotely an opening 
they will jump on it, bam, you know, like, like a fish hitting a, a worm or a lure. You know, they'll pull the trigger immediately. And what I want people to learn is stop, slow down. I mean, if somebody says, gosh, I hate, you know, you're, 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 you're chatting with somebody that you've met on Facebook. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, you did some neat posts. Um, could we be friends? And you're sending messages back and forth. And um, they say, uh, God, I've got a horrible week coming up at work. I hate my job. Now, 99.979% of all of the network marketers on this planet would jump right on that immediately. Whoa, you hate your job. Hot damn, I'm going to roll your butt. Um, I don't know what it is that this person hates about their job. They don't know what this person likes about their job. They don't know any of that, and they're ready to trot out their opportunity. That's trigger happy. That's dumping on people right away. And one of the hardest parts of my job, teaching and coaching, is to get people to stop. Slow down. Ask some more questions. So that person trusted you enough to say, wow, I've got a tough week coming up. Boy, I can't stand my job. What do you do? You don't even know what they do. What do you do? How long you been doing that? How'd you first get into it? What did you think was going to happen when you first got into that career or when you first took that job? What were you hoping for? What were you dreaming about? You mentioned in introducing me the five right questions. One of the things about the five right questions is that When you ask what's wrong, you drain people's energy. And people don't make positive decisions when their energy is draining. They make it when their energy is building, when they're getting more excited, when they're becoming more positive. It is much better to first find out what this person who just said, I hate my job, What do they like about it? Are there any good things about it? What do you like about your job? You'll get to what's missing. You'll get to the problem. But you want to get to it from a foundation of growing energy so that you can keep the conversation and the connection going. Because if it's just a what we in the Amer- in America it's a technical term called a gossip and complaining, I mean, <laughs> you know that is a huge waste of energy as well as time, and nothing rarely nothing good comes out of that. I mean, you establish a friendship based on complaining. One of the things I'll send people, and you've mentioned, and I mentioned, is the five right questions. 
And the first question, one great question to ask is a what's right question. Like, what do you like best about where you live? Uh-huh. That's question number one. What do you like best about your job? What do you like most about Paris? What do you like, you know, best about, you know, the work you're doing? What do you like best about marketing online? That sets a positive agenda. And that's question number one. Question number two, must, M-U-S-T, always accompany that question. When you get your answer of what it is they like best, make sure you follow up with what makes that important or special or something you appreciate or so valuable or interesting, whatever fits. You want to drill down. And the reason is the first question, what do you like best, is going to be answered by the rational analytical mind. The second question, it requires to go deeper. The difference is the head and the heart. Second question is a heart question. And it's a question that builds greater energy. Let's do an example. Sven, what's the best thing that's happened to you this week? What's the best thing that's happened to me this week? Well, I must say, today was a very great day. I had a couple of friends over that I haven't seen in a year. Very cool. And what makes that special for you? Uh, we have a pretty great relationship. We've been friends for, like, forever. They, uh, they always make me feel good. Friends always make me feel good to hang out, relax, sitting in the sun, and have a nice conversation. Okay. About Did, did you experience a difference... In your two answers, a difference in energy was... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, those two questions are something you can always ask in every situation. Where do you live? Yak, yak, yak. What do you like best about that? What makes that important to you? What makes that so special? Like that. Could you say that the first question is like the connect question and the second follow-up question is the engage question? Absolutely. And what I'm teaching people, Sven, is how to do business. Really, no matter what business you're in. As you say, life is a conversation. It is. Okay, I want to thank you, John. Well, thanks for letting me do this with you. I appreciate it. Appreciate that you came here. Okay, that's all, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. I sure did. Now, how is your listening skills? Average or, excuse me, could you repeat that? Comment and discuss on Twitter with the hashtag EPS3, as in Epreneur Show Episode 3. This is Sven Wolf of the Epreneur Show. Take care. (laughs) 